welcome to late seating. I am Jason. Maybe he's a werewolf harding. And I am Steve, deformed assistant Shives. (laughs) Hey, Steve. Yes? How do you do? Mr. Carl Emley feels it would be a little unkind to present this podcast with just a, without just a word of friendly warning. We are about to unfold the review of Frankenshives, a man of science who sought to recreate a podcast after his own image without reckoning upon God. It is one of the strangest podcasts ever recorded. It deals with the greatest mystery of creation. Can classic movies live up to their reputation, whether said reputation is good or bad? I think it will thrill you. It may shock you. It might even horrify you. So, if any of you feel that you do not care to subject your nerves to such a strain, now is your chance to... Well, we warn you. (laughs) See, I just... I I don't care for this, because now everybody can see that you actually prepare for the show. (laughs) And I just watch a movie and sit down in front of a microphone and go, Okay, let's do it! I over-prepare. Hey, everybody, guess what? It's Halloween-y time! (laughs) You know what that means? Halloweeny movies. Right, Steve? <laughs> That's right. And we picked the biggest weenie out of the Halloweeny basket. Yeah, Frankenweenie. Well, no, not actually. Franken- no, that's, that's Tim Burton. That's actually bullshit. a thing. We can't say that, yeah. This time around, we're going to review probably the second most trope-filled classic horror movie <laughs> ever created. 1931's Frankenstein. Right, Yeah, Steve? baby. I want to make sure that we review the same movie. I thought we were doing Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. No. Ah, screw her. Or, you know, the way they credit her in the movie, Mrs. Percy B. Shelley. Fuck you, 1931. <laughs> Them was the good old days when women when didn't, women have, didn't have an identity outside of their husband. <laughs> well, look, give them, give them a little bit of, of slack, okay? It was only, what, 120 years after the book was published? <laughs> That's right, Frankenstein, based on Mary Shelley. Hey, Steve, before we jump into who made it, or who who stitched this movie corpse up and gave it life, Ooh. remember, it got to be spooky. You actually jumped into it. You did a creepy voice. I'm so proud of you. Thank Not you. like last year, when you're all matronly. <laughs> <laughs> I caught you all out of wares. <laughs> I'm a lot quicker on the uptake now, you know? I know what, <laughs> I know what the deal is. Right. I think the audience is just now thanking God that we're not doing those voices for the entire review. <laughs> They're not going to talk like that for an hour and a half, are they? <laughs> you have any trivia for this movie? For Frankenstein? Frankenstein? Um, for Frankenstein! Frankenstein? I know that... Uh, oh, no, here comes Frankenstein! <laughs> <laughs> Why am I talking like Dudley Moore? <laughs> <laughs> Why do you have both to your neck? <laughs> I know that uh, Frankenstein is actually one of two classic universal horror films that were Mm -hmm. originally supposed to be written and directed by Robert Flory. That were, what happened? That were taken away from Robert Flory for some reason. And what, Was he a drunk? I, you know, apparent, I'm not sure. Apparently the story... Jason the Dragon, probably. Yeah, the, you know, he's, well, he was French, you know. Um, mm-hmm. He couldn't stop smoking cigarettes. But um, 
No, he he was supposed to direct. Well, in my Frankenstein, he has an existential crisis yeah. halfway through. He goes to a cafe and drinks coffee, watches women on the street, yeah, ponders his existence, chokes the waiter, <laughs> and he wear, and instead of the the the, uh, the iconic you know heavy woolen clothing and and lifts in his boots, he just dressed in like you know skinny jeans and a black turtleneck. Yeah, in a beret, and a beret halfway to the side, and the but his head is flat, so the beret keeps falling off. <laughs> Um, but no, Robert Flory. <laughs> it's just kind of placed on the top of his head. <laughs> <laughs> Robert Flory was supposed to direct Frankenstein, and he was also later attached to the Wolfman. And he didn't actually no, get to make either one of what those. But they sewed him together? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he did eventually make a Universal movie that's not quite. It's not. It's not. I don't actually. I don't know if it is a Universal movie, but it's it's a, a, an expressionistic horror movie that he wanted to do for Frankenstein and and for the Wolfman that he didn't get to do called Murders in Rue Morgue. Um, so, oh, based on the Edgar yeah, Allan Poe thing right. about an orangutan that kills people. That that did I believe did star Bella Lugosi uh, as the orangutan. As the orangutan, <laughs> a brilliant performance. Um, no, so I never so, should have turned down Frankenstein. Yeah. And yeah, and I think I, I it is it, it was a universal movie and it did star Bella Lugosi and and of course Lugosi was originally attached to play the monster in Frankenstein. Yeah. So and he even had uh, advice on how to make the monster look. Well, originally he wanted to play the lead. He wanted to play the mad doctor. Yeah. He wanted to play Dr. Frankenstein. And they said, "Nope, we typecast. You're going to be the monster." And he's like, "Well, I want the monster to look like this." And then they laughed and laughed. <laughs> and then they did a screen test of him where he looked more like the golem. Yeah, he looked a lot like the golem. In that original yeah, makeup. It didn't really work. And then they said, Nope, you're out. We're gonna go with this guy we saw in the commissary. <laughs> It's not. I'm not joking. They just. Yeah. They, apparently, James Whale saw him in the commissary, or was it was it Lemley? I heard it was Whale. That's the version I've heard. Yeah. yeah. Saw this this tall drink of water and said, "Hey, I think you'd make a great monster." And he went, "I'm sorry. What did you say? I look like a, a monster." I thought I looked rather smart this morning. <laughs> that is the quote. <laughs> that is what he said. <laughs> Um, oh yeah, there's not much more about the, the the trivia, huh? Yeah, it was almost made by and starred different people, but then it was made by and starred the people that it was made by and stars, and it turned out fine. Wow, we're a font of knowledge. <laughs> it was almost All different. Right, let's- Let's do the Who Made Let's It. Let's do it. Frankenstein was directed by James Whale, who went on to direct the next movie, which I actually like better than this one, which is Bride of Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. Although, the second one's dippier. The second one has that stupid, oh, let's sit around and tell a story. <laughs> I think the second one is much more of a James Whale movie. I think the second one reflects his personality a lot more strongly. I think so. There's more humor yeah. in it. You know, it has the, the, what the... It starts with that crazy peasant woman. Yeah, Una O'Connor. Yeah, leave it to you to know the name. Well, James James Well loved her. She was in The Invisible Man as well. <laughs> oh, was he? Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah, and that's guess what else he directed? The Invisible Man. He made a, he made a total of four uh, monster movies for uh, Universal. He did this Bride, The Invisible Man, and what was the last one? Uh, what well, he did The Old Dark House. Okay, um, he just ran out of ideas. I can't remember if he Abandoned did Abandoned Car by James <laughs> Well. <laughs> Spooky tea tray. The school bus that was five minutes late. <laughs> it was produced by my good friend Carl Lemley Jr. <laughs> hey, Carl, you get around a lot. This is the third time we've mentioned you. <laughs> you were all over the place in 1931, dude. <sighs> it's good, it's adapted, good to work. Adapted from the play that I didn't bother to write down who wrote it. Screw it. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody saw that play anyway. <laughs> but it was adapted by John L. Balderston, another name that we've covered before. Yeah. Um, a screenplay by Francis Edward Farrow. 
Farago? Farago. Farago. That's what it looks like. And Garrett Fort. Uncredited on the screenplay are Robert Florney and... I'm sorry, Flory and John Russell. It's based on Frankenstein by Mary Shelley, and as we covered before, they credit her on screen as Mrs. Percy B. Shelley, because fuck her and her identity. And it stars Colin Clive as Victor Frank. Oh, uh-uh. it's not Victor Frankenstein. In the book, it's Victor Frankenstein. Yep. But in this movie, he's Henry Frankenstein Indeed. because they felt that Henry was friendlier. <laughs> sounded. You want a nice, friendly, approachable name for your mad scientist. Yeah. Was this guy friendly at all in the movie? <clears throat> he needed a lot more help than just having a friendly name. Mm-hmm. He needed, like, bunny slippers. <laughs> <laughs> He needed to do pleasing magic tricks for the children. He's not friendly yeah. in this movie he needed, at all. He needed to stop constantly threatening everyone around him. <laughs> also starring Mae Clark as Elizabeth Lavenza. Lavenza. Really? Okay. <laughs> John Bowles as Victor Moritz. Oh, wait a minute. I remember that character from the book. His name was Henry Moritz. They just switched the names. What a twist. That's lazy. <laughs> Who got the credit in the screenplay for doing that? Uh, <laughs> Boris Karloff as question mark. Yeah, I'm going to put that in there because in the opening credits, he didn't even get his name up there. Nope. It says, the monster, question mark. <laughs> We're going to make you Boy, wait that must have made him, made him feel good after doing four hours of makeup every day, wearing shoes that were 13 pounds each and a costume that was like 78 pounds every day. <laughs> he flagged terrifying people in the commissary when he went to go get lunch. And then he flagged down the editor and said, do you know how to spell my name? And the editor said, not an issue. I don't know how to spell it at all. Not a problem. <laughs> it says it at the end credits yeah. that it's not question marks. Okay. Uh, Edward Van Sloan is Dr. Waldman. Is Dr. Van Helsing. Is Dr. Van Helsing again? <laughs> Just as murderous as he was before? <laughs> Frederick Kerr as Baron Frankenstein. Oh, God, I hate that character. I, I hope you like him. We'll bring it up later. I fucking hate him. <laughs> Dwight Fry as Igor. No, wait a minute. Fritz. What? Fritz, not Igor. But he's got a hunchback. Dad. He walks around with a little useless cane that he doesn't need. That's Fritz, though. Okay. Dwight Fry as not Igor. <laughs> Lionel Belmore as Herr Vogel, the Burgermaster. Why did they call him a Burgermaster in the movie? Because... Isn't it Burgermeister? Yeah, and they kept every they kept all the rest of the, the German stuff in German. Like, did they? Yeah. Well, I mean, well, look, they they refer to each other as, as, as her. I mean, they don't say Mr. Oh, yeah, Vogel, they Herr. say Herr Vogel. Yeah, that's true. So why did he become Burgermaster? It doesn't matter. Lionel Belmore, um, also that I like to think of as 1931's John C. Riley, <laughs> as... As the Burgermaster. Marilyn Harris as Little Maria. Don't get it. <laughs> Michael yes. Mark as Ludwig. Maria's father. Okay, music by Bernard Kaun. Kaun. K A U N. Steve, help uh, me. Con, maybe? Okay, Con. Con! <laughs> Cinematography <laughs> Arthur. Arthur Edison, edited by Clarence Colster and Maurice Pivar. Hey, Maurice, good to see you again. Um, Distributed by Universal Pictures, it was released on November 21st, 1931. Running time, 71 minutes. We are going to have that show where we're longer than the movie, guys. The budget was $262,000. Do you want to know what the box office was? What was the box office? It was number one for the year. Total worldwide box office for Frankenstein. $12 million. Oh, it was, well, it was a simpler time. It beat the shit out of Dracula. It beat the shit out of everything else that came out that year. Yeah. And there were some good movies that came out in 31. So, and also Dracula. Good job, Frankenstein. <laughs> and also Dracula. <laughs> 
It's a good job, Frankenstein. You did good. And you guaranteed that they'd make so many goddamn Frankenstein movies over the next 50 years <laughs> that we could draw you from memory. Oh, yeah. We could do this show just about Frankenstein movies, and we'd be doing it for years. That Frankenstein look, by the way, is copyrighted. Did you know that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They have it copyrighted until 2026, and then they'll probably renew the copyright if they can. Because that flathead and the... the they're actually... They're not bolts. They're electrodes yeah. that stick out. And he's supposed to be green. I guess I take umbrage I don't think he's supposed to be green I think he's supposed to be pale yeah he's supposed, he should look like a corpse green. yeah not green yeah. stupid <laughs> <laughs> Way to go, 1931 stupid audiences. Yeah. He's not even green in the posters. No. Well, they colored it. Creepy. Like Jack Pierce would paint him green. <laughs> Give me a break. Oh, by the way, I didn't include him in here, but uh, Jack Pierce did the makeup, and you did a great job, dude. You tortured Karloff good. Mm-hmm. In the, in the di- <laughs> Karloff even took his took his bridge out. He had a partial bridge yeah. that he took and, out. And this was in the days before latex appliances. So, so what the hell was on it? Uh, I believe it was spirit gum and cotton and uh, collodium, which is a kind of plastic that they used to use Jesus to build Christ. it. And he, he had to build it up. I've every used time. collodium. That stuff freaking stinks. Yeah, yeah. Ugh. And and on and morticians wax on his eyes to make his eyelids look heavy. So, well, he did a good. Just job. imagine he, how he uncomfortable that was. <laughs> Are you ready, Steve? Let's talk about the movie to delve into the world of Frankenstein. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because guys, much like the Wizard of Oz. And even more so than Dracula. Mm-hmm. There's tons of tropes with with Frankenstein. And weirdly enough, none of the most famous ones are in this goddamn movie. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, all right, kids. Get ready. We're going to go to some place that we find out later. Actually, no one ever tells us. <laughs> I think it's Germany or maybe Austria. One of the places where they speak German. But we don't find out that until 47 minutes into the movie. <laughs> but we're going there anyway. Yes, master. To the spookiest castle. Oh, this note says it's not the castle. It's just a watchtower. There's no Frankenstein castle? No. Steve! Not in this movie, master. What the fuck? (laughs) There's no Igor, there's no Frankenstein's castle? Not until Ghost of Frankenstein, sir. And someone keeps shouting at me from the internet that Frankenstein is the name of the doctor, not the monster. (laughs) Which isn't true, by the way. There's a long tradition in drama, going back to the 19th century, of referring to the monster as Frankenstein. So just, you know, sit on it, people. <laughs> yeah. So here we go to the spooky review of the super spooky shambling corpse, but not the corpse because he's stitched together from a bunch of guys movie. <laughs> Frankenstein. Steve, take it away. <laughs> we're, this is going to be a long review if you try to do it as Frankenstein. We can't. If we were doing... <laughs> if, we were doing <laughs> if we were doing Bride, I could talk because he speaks in that one. But Yes. Yeah. Um, okay, so as we uh, made fun of at the beginning of the show, the, the movie opens mm-hmm. with uh, Edward Van Sloan, who plays Dr. Waldman in this movie, uh, yeah. coming out from behind a curtain and issuing mm-hmm. a warning to the audience. A friendly warning. A friendly warning. He- yeah, because remember, in 1931, audiences were so stupid that they were afraid that they'd either die or kill themselves watching this film because it's super scary. Well, I, and- I mean, it, it does make the it, it does make the audiences of the 30s seem a little like naive and innocent by comparison. But I have some ideas as to why they might have legitimately thought this movie was scary at the time. But we can talk about that oh, later. Oh, by the way, um, this is our third pre-code film. Yes, that's be- before the uh, the Hayes Code came in and ruined all the fun. Fucked everything thing up. This movie got edited. Oh, by the way, before we start, there's something I needed to bring up. This movie got edited. Mm-hmm. 
Badly. Because after they, they wanted to re-release the film, because they can continue to make money off of Frankenstein, but when they re-released it, when it, the initial release, Kansas banned the movie outright, because they just didn't like any of the themes or anything about it. And also, that there's, you know, the murder of a child in the film. Oh, and so dark. when they re-released it, they just kind of took that whole thing out, which actually makes it worse. If you've ever seen an edited version of Frankenstein, there's a scene in which he's with a little girl, and then they cut away, and then the little girl is dead. Yeah. And you're like... <laughs> What did Frankenstein do? <laughs> what did he do to that kid? <laughs> it guts all of the humanity out of the monster character. Thankfully, and that scene was considered lost for a long mm-hmm. time. They thought they were never going to be able to restore it, but thankfully they found it, put it back in. Um, there's a couple of little things that the Dr. Frankenstein says that makes Christian people feel uncomfortable mm-hmm, yeah. that they covered over with thunder. <laughs> and thankfully we got that audio recording back off a of wax pressing of the uh, of the uh, audio. Yeah, when, so we managed to get that back. When, when he says he knows what it feels like to be God. Yeah. yeah, they covered that up with thunder because they thought people were like in a rebel. <laughs> <laughs> what did he say? God help him if they ever found out that James Whale was gay. Oh yeah, they saw they saw gods and monsters and just flipped out. Yeah, the ones that were still alive. Yeah. Wait, who saw gods and monsters? What? A movie that came out less than ten years. What ago. What the hell? <laughs> he never told me. <laughs> Now I feel uncomfortable having masturbated so much in all of his movies. Does that make me gay, Martha? Yes. <laughs> just Oh no. Sit down and leave me alone. I'm gonna put on some hot pants and go to the corner. That's what they do, right? <laughs> sure. I feel like I'm truly myself for the first time. I don't care what you do, just do it out of the house, you bastard. <laughs> Why don't you ever talk to your children? <laughs> Anyway. anyway, so we get the friendly warning. So the movie, we get the friendly warning from Edward Van Sloan, who's like, "Hey, heads yeah. up, it's going to be scary. So if you're a wimp, mm-hmm. just leave." Uh, mm-hmm. And then we get the credits that has a monster face yeah. and and uh, and spinning eyeballs uh-huh. all over the place. It's super scary. You're freaking! If it didn't look like a five year old drew it, <laughs> James Whale is freaking you out already. It's going to be super <laughs> freaky. Um, my 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 young nephew drew this. I want to put. Yes, it's going in the film. That's final. (laughs) Um, So then we finally then we get the insult to Karloff too with the question. Oh yes, that's yeah. No no credit for Mm -hmm. the what arguably is the title character. I mean, also the 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 doctor would be the title character, but um, yeah yeah. So and then we finally fade in on uh, a funeral, a very depressing funeral in a very scary graveyard. Where there, yeah, but the person must have been important because I saw the angel of death. There there's, there's, there's a skeleton standing next to there the grave. Is, no, it's literally the angel of death standing there with a sword. Yeah. It's got the cloak on and everything. And, I mean, they, he's tapping his foot and checking his watch. Come on, let's get let's get on with this. I've got three more of these. <laughs> it's supposed to be a grave marker, but who in the hell left that in their will? Yeah. Yes, I want the most terrifying thing you could possibly imagine as my my tombstone marker. But then later on, we find out the movie is set in Germany, and it makes perfect sense. Oh, yes, Um, that's true. They were like, that's Tame Guy by comparison. (laughs) Mine has a demon splitting a child in half. In real life, that's more like a pet cemetery. I mean, (laughs) our human cemeteries are pretty dark. Uh, 
<laughs> but yeah, so so uh, the, there's a funeral being held, and the funeral service is concluded, and you know they lower the coffin down into the grave, and the guy, the grave digger, and we can see, yeah, we can see not Igor and Doctor Frankenstein right. peeking they in, are, and he's like, not yet, right? They're not Igor. They're lurking behind a tombstone, and apparently they sit there and watch the grave digger <laughs> fill in the grave when they could have just gone back into Why? the village and gotten a cup of coffee or something. Why do you even do that? Why not just walk up? Knock the guy on the back of the head before he completely covers it with dirt. They must just love digging. Yeah, I know. That's the only thing. Oh, it's going to come. We're going to spend at least five hours undigging this freshly interned coffin. Yeah, it'll be fine. Yeah. Yes, master. Yeah, my with Fritz's back, I bet he loved that. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, we're going to dig a grave. Oh, good. Great. Excellent. Oh, and by the way, unlike other Frankenstein stories, we don't fuck around with Frankenstein's backstory or him in college nope. or him meeting girls or him at home experimenting with lightning. We jump right into it. Wham. Right there. He's already getting bodies. Yep, he is. He is mocking God from the get-go. <laughs> no fucking around. So they done undig the coffin. Yes, and and they pull the coffin out, and Frankenstein taps the side of it and says very ominously, "He's not dead. Just waiting for new life to come." Yes, that's right. I'm a bit creepy and insane. <laughs> I'm I'm perfectly normal. <laughs> not Igor's like all oh, this shit yeah, again. Here he goes. And we just get it into the cart. Just please. please don't start monologuing about new life. <laughs> just stop. I've heard it fifteen times already. <laughs> and so then so as they're as they're on the way home, they they see uh they stop by No. They have a checklist. They have a to do list. To do list one, hang out in cemetery, <laughs> wait till body is completely buried, get body. Pick up corpse. Check two. Go get corpse that's just hanging out in the open. Yeah. So he Igor actually acts surprised. He says, It's still here. <laughs> I thought another grave robber would have taken it. <laughs> like it's Christmas. Is there like it's still here? Is there like a necromancy arms race going on in this town? I mean, are there other scientists who are trying to reanimate the dead first? <laughs> Dracula's up there. Damn it! <laughs> that was the one I wanted. I was saving that for a snake. <laughs> so he gets Fritz to climb up on the pole on the gallows and cut uh -huh. it down, which Fritz reluctantly right. does. And then he picks up the corpse and he's like, oh, this is no good. The neck's broken because he doesn't know how people die when they're hanged. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, maybe he thought he strangled maybe. to death. But I mean, the thing he says is, oh, but the brain's destroyed. Right. Which doesn't make any sense because no matter how that, that dude died, the brain was pretty much gone. On yeah, yeah. But we're dumb and we don't understand science. So it's fine. Yeah, exactly. So what's next on their to-do list? <laughs> well, uh, you know, he was really hoping to get that hanged guy's brain. So now they need another brain. Right. So Dr. Frankenstein sends Fritz to the local medical school to steal mm -hmm. one. One of those medical schools that have uh, classes at Exactly. Night. One of those night medical, it's a night medical schools medical school. you hear about all the time. <laughs> I get the feeling it's not a very credible university. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. Number one, they're having a classroom at night. Number two, there are women being taught in the class. Whoever heard of that? Give me a break. <laughs> number three, they have a joke skeleton that scares Doctor Doctor Oldman, and he's and they all have a good laugh at that. And then he says, "Hey, look what I have on my desk." I have two brains. I'm a man with two brains. <laughs> Hardcore f Steve Martin fans get that joke. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, 
And he says, look, I got an abnormal brain and a normal brain. This one's abnormal. This one's normal. End of lesson. Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And in case you're, you you can't tell the difference, they're both clearly labeled. Oh, yeah. Abnormal, normal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so uh, uh, Igor climbs into the window. The lights are off. Yeah. Everyone's gone home. He grabs the normal brain. Uh, a stagehand knocks over something. <laughs> <laughs> and they have to rewrite the they movie. They don't explain what that sound was. What was I the sound know. that got startled? Yeah, it's like somebody just struck a gong for no reason. <laughs> Someone opened the stage door. Yeah. What the hell? <laughs> and Whale is like, just keep going. We're almost out of film. <laughs> oh, keep going. Oh, no, don't drop the... Oh, shit. Oh, and then he drops the brain. Yeah, so, but luckily so, there's an extra. Yeah, the Abbey normal he grabs one. the spare brain. Yeah, and so then we dissolve to what, Steve? Uh, we dissolve to the uh, a really creepy headshot... <laughs> Of Colin Clive. <laughs> Which is, of course, a photo of Henry Frankenstein that is kept lovingly yeah. by his fiancée, Elizabeth. Yeah, because now we're in a completely different movie. Yeah. We dissolve cut to fucking Downton Abbey exactly. or something. They're in this, and they're in this massive set... That it was like a trademark of James Whale. He would build these massive yeah. sets. And you can see the ceiling. So fuck you, Greg Tolan. You, you ain't nothing. Jesus. You ain't nothing. Take that, Greg Tolan. You think it's such fuck a, you and your think it's such a big no shot because you shot the ceiling? <laughs> uh, anyway. No, um, I would like to mark that the only reason you can see that ceiling is because they built that goddamn set so tall that you could get the boom mic yes. in there. That's why there are no ceilings. Yes. And, uh, and and you only see the ceiling in incredibly wide shots. I mean, yeah, um, yeah. so I guess Greg Tolan was onto something after all. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so unfuck you, Greg I'm, Tolan. Un- unfuck you, Greg Tolan. I apologize. <laughs> um, but yeah, so this is Frankenstein's fiance Elizabeth, and mm-hmm. uh, her uh, friend, Victor, who desperately well it's Victor's friend yeah he he desperately wants to be more than friends with Elizabeth and he is played oh yeah she does he is of course played by John Bowles also known as the Victor practically has his cock out the whole time he's played by John Bowles also known as the just touch it Victor's not here (laughs) he's gone crazy with the science you don't want a scientist do you Elizabeth you want me a guy who apparently does nothing (laughs) you you want idle rich man you want me the Ben Affleck of 1931 I've even got the hair you had to say that while I was drinking. <laughs> Can't you see how I care for you? Um, but she's got a letter. Yeah, a completely she, normal letter. <laughs> and she can't understand words, so maybe Victor can help. She'll read the words to Victor, and then he'll tell her what the letter means. And what does the letter the say? The letter is from Frankenstein, and it yeah. basically says, Elizabeth, I'm living in a spooky old watchtower at the edge of town, and nobody else All is... along the watchtower! <laughs> Nobody else is here with me but my creepy hunchback assistant. And <laughs> he stares at me all the time. I can't handle it. And please, please don't ever come here. I need to be left yeah. alone. Don't come here ever for any reason. And Elizabeth But science. Yeah, I'm doing science all alone and I can't have anyone here, so stay away. Girls and science don't mix, Elizabeth. Yeah. So so Elizabeth How can I do science if I got a boner, Elizabeth? It's impossible. <laughs> I need that blood out of my boner and in my exactly. brain. Or I'll never make this guy come alive. Oops. Scratch that out. (laughs) (laughs) He's hashed out a particular (laughs) sentence. I can't make out what it says. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so she reads this letter from her obviously disturbed fiance saying, whatever you do, don't come to the spooky old watchtower while I'm doing secret black science experiments. And she she says to Victor, well, maybe we should go over there and see him. (laughs) 
Mm-hmm. And Victor's like, okay. No, Victor's sure. more like, well, I don't think we can say anything to him that'll convince him. But if we talk to Dr. Oldman, and, yeah. and, and maybe he'll be able to convince him. So they go to Dr. Oldman's office. And his shelf of human souls. Dr. Oldman, that's not his real name, but I can't remember what it is. What is it? Waldman. Wake? Waldman, yeah. Fuck it, he's He's pretty old. Fuck it. Dr. Oldman has a shelf lined with human skulls, and he says what? Something like, well, he, he, no, he won't listen to me. He's not my student anymore. Yeah, he, God damn he it. Had to leave, Frankenstein apparently had to leave the college because they they started to get a little creeped out about... He wanted human bodies all the yeah, time. Yeah, he was asking for too many corpses. They were like, you know what? A, a reasonable yeah. amount of corpses is fine. But you're asking yeah. for way too many corpses. Like a lot. Like 500 corpses. <laughs> he said something. He wanted to make a, a living human ball that would yeah. just kind of roll <laughs> around like, the countryside. is crazy. They finally had to say, look, Frankenstein, we're not your corpses corpse supplier, okay? Yeah, yeah. And then uh, Liz says, maybe I should cancel the wedding, because they're going to get yeah. married, remember? And uh, then we cut to not Frankenstein Castle. The the Watchtower. Not Frankenstein Castle. The Watchtower. Whatever, with not Igor. With not Igor. <laughs> And uh, he's getting ready to do his experiment, yeah, right? Yeah, he's, uh, he's got the, the, the body laid out on the table. He's mm-hmm. admiring the fine stitching around the wrist. Yeah. Igor freaks out because he can see the dude's arm. Yeah, and Frankenstein is like, dude, you've been here the whole time I was stitching him together. Yeah, you saw his guts. You helped me dig him you up. You handled dead bodies. <laughs> you, you brought me the brain in a dish. Igor, you undressed these corpses. You saw these guys as dicks. You saw me sew four dicks together to make this guy's dick and now you're creeped out because you see a hand you helped me pick which dicks to use (laughs) remember we had the dick picking party (laughs) you were there But he's like, don't, come down, not Igor, you'll be fine. And uh, they're getting ready to do the all this stuff. And oh, by the way, guys, we get introduced to an old friend in this scene. A very old friend. You may not know that it's an old friend, but it is. The thunder that's in this movie was recorded for this movie and is, I think, still used as a sound effect to this day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> You'll recognize this thunder in about, I don't know, 5,000 other films? (laughs) Because that's how cheap Hollywood is. Yep. Library tape thunder. Uh-huh. They were about getting ready to throw the switches, and what happens, There's There's a knock, knock, knocking on the door. Oh, no, experimentus, interruptus. (laughs) Frankenstein is like, Fritz, go see who the hell that is and tell him to get lost. Who's Fritz? (laughs) Not Igor. Oh, okay. (laughs) So, not Igor is like, all right, I'll go get rid of him. And he goes... No, they show Igor walking around with his little cane. Yeah. Right? Why does he have it? Because he has a bad back. No, he doesn't. He has a bad, he's a hunchback. He has a bad he back. Lifted, he lifted up a coffin. He climbed to the top of that hangman's pole. He's jumping all over the place and climbing down ropes. And There's nothing wrong with his back. He doesn't need that... it. It's an affectation. <laughs> he's gold bricking. Okay, so, he, so he's a little pretentious. He did it for the handicapped parking space in front of the Frankenstein watchtower. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes. It's ridiculous to see this man with this little this little cane that he's not even using as a cane. He's just got this little tiny stick that he It's for sympathy. Now he has to use it all the time in case he runs into a, sh- a social worker in the village and 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 he sees that he's not actually <laughs> he's... limping. Wait a minute. <laughs> You're collecting benefits from us. We see you going up to the Frankenstein to the Frankenstein not castle all the time. Are you working for him? No, no, for constant pain. <laughs> All right. Who's at the door? Is it Jehovah's Witnesses? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're 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 actually offering uh, copies of the Watchtower. Ironically enough, 
Have you heard about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ that came back for, uh, came back from the dead to save us all? And Fritz is like, funny you should mention. <laughs> Actually. <laughs> Actually, uh, not Igor go, opens it and they say, we're here for Dr. Frankenstein. And he basically says, fuck Yeah, off. get out. Yeah, that doesn't work. No, because they, they keep beating on the door. And finally, Dr. Frankenstein, from way up in his uh, mad science lab at the top of the tower, leans out the window and he's mm-hmm. like, who is it? Just leave me alone. Get out. And they're like, but it's us. You know us. And we brought your fiance and let us in. I'm the woman you're going to have sex with on your wedding yeah. day. This is the man who's probably going to have sex with me if anything happens to you uh-huh and this is the guy that you knew from school <laughs> yeah i guess you're friends with him we brought hot noodle <laughs> so and and then, of course there's a storm outside so finally they get him to agree to let him in to let them in he's like fine come in come on and then he says, I bet you think I'm crazy. And yeah, it's pretty much. You, you, you've got crazy face. You're acting cr- real crazy. <laughs> you're living in a watchtower with a hunchback. And he says, sit down. I have nice seats, front row seats for my experiment. Yeah, you'll you see how crazy I awesome. am when I bring a dead person back to life. That's right. And then he says, hey, Dr. Old Man, you told, taught me about the violet ray and the ultraviolet ray. Well, I found uh, a kind of ray beyond ultraviolet. I didn't give it a Super name, but apparently it can... <laughs> I, I call it Frankenstein yeah. Ray after me, and um, it brings people back to life, I guess. <laughs> We're going to find out. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So he sits them all down. Um, he raises, they turn on a bunch of switches. They uh, turn on a bunch of machines that are going to get used over and over again anytime uh, Universal needs a mad scientist yep. slayer. In fact, a lot of the, okay, I got to throw the trivia in. This set and, no, 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 the set for Bride of Frankenstein yeah. is what got used in Young Frankenstein. Yeah. But a lot of the equipment that's in that room has gotten reused over and over and over and over again in lots of other Universal movies whenever they needed science fiction-y stuff or mad scientist stuff. This stuff got reused over and they never threw anything no, and it, In fact, they probably still own it. <laughs> and it, it, it pretty much like established the the aesthetic of the mad scientist laboratory with like the, elect, the oh, electrodes yeah, and the Tesla coils and you know the... The white coat yeah, that he's wearing yeah and the the, the, the <laughs> machines whirring and spinning and cracking along and the side spitting out sparks yeah. Yeah. the whole lab looks like it's about to explode yeah. well he built it in a in an abandoned stone watchtower what did he expect no, where is he even getting the electricity from from the from the storm oh, that's right so they uh, raise this platform with a dead body on it oh he reveals it he pulls back the thing and it's got a flat head for some reason <laughs> so we could put the brain but, in yeah but it's given Frankenstein this huge heart on he's just like <laughs> So in love Check with this body. body out, you guys. I am so fucking awesome. Because <laughs> that's when he tells him. He said, "Yeah, well, uh, you know, um, I'm not going to bring something back from the dead. This thing was never alive. I made it from scratch. Me, Doctor Frankenstein, Mister Old Man. When I'm done, you're going to be nothing but a little worm at my scientific feet, and I'm going to be King Scientist." Doctor Old Man's like, Frank. "Whatever, dude. <laughs> you can't do anything." So they raise it up. It goes up and up into the tower. There's a long sequence of flashing lightning and people looking scared and Frankenstein looking concerned and then it comes back down and down to the bottom and it's a burnt charred corpse the end of movie (laughs) I don't understand why it didn't work it should have just ended with Frankenstein going well fuck I guess you were right (laughs) shit my life is ruined (laughs) maybe I am crazy he admits to stealing bodies to do this. But for the greater he good. He admits that he... Who cares? He's still stealing people's bodies. There is Papa, Mama. There's nothing but hole here for us to put the flowers on. 
<sighs> you can't make an omelet without rifling some graves. But Mama, I want you don't think that the man took my Papa's body and put him onto a giant monster. Man, you don't think the Papa is around, maybe drowning little girls? <laughs> yeah, I think that's what it happened. Mama, I don't like this. I'm going to start the Nazi no, party. No, no, <laughs> so that we never have this no more. No, little Adolf, let's go home. Let's go home now. <laughs> you forget this ever happened. No, I will remember it forever. No. If anyone's going to make a Superman, it's going no, to be no. me. You have some nice hot glue vine and you go to sleep. <laughs> I never forget. <laughs> I'm going to start growing my mustache now. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, no. <laughs> anyway. And scene. <laughs> no. What happens is the platform comes down. And guess what? Is it is it is it it's, alive? <laughs> we know it's alive because as soon as he sees the hand move, he starts screaming. He goes completely bonkers. <laughs> oh boy, Frankenstein needs a new pair oh, of pants yeah. after he sees he that. He sure likes it. Bet it's alive. <sighs> and he's jumping all over the place and laughing, and he's and they have to grab him. These people aren't absolutely flabbergasted that this man has sewn corpses together and brought it back to life. <laughs> They're like, "Oh, we better calm this guy down." Is anybody else I really mean, I, super worried about this? It's not that impressive, really. You just yeah. <laughs> brought inanimate material to life. Like, like if I wanted to, I could. He needs to calm he didn't down. Didn't want to. Jeez, it's not like he won a Nobel Prize. Yeah, yeah. Whatever you do, <laughs> nobody tell anyone about this. <laughs> so then we cut back to Downton yeah. Abbey. And we meet the char- one character in this movie that I wish to God Frankenstein had murdered. Oh, mean Baron Frankenstein. I'm Baron Frankenstein. The British aristocrat who has somehow conquered a German village. And he meets up with John C. Riley uh, as the burgomaster, yeah. and he's like, "Hey, we set up for this wedding. Where's there going to be a wedding?" And and Baron von Frankenstein is so fucking stupid. He's like, "Well, because there's another woman, I'm going to sort this whole thing out." Even though everyone's telling him, "No, it's not another woman. I don't listen to women. Shut up. <laughs> I don't listen to people below my station." And yeah, basically, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so the Baron determines to go visit his his son. Yeah. Meanwhile, we cut to Victor and Dr. Old. Yeah, they're just hanging out. They're talking science, kind of. Yeah. And Victor says what? He says uh, something. I Hey, look, I did this for Discovery. You know, where do we stop? I want to know. He has this nice little speech about wanting to know how, how acorns turn into trees and why certain things are the way yeah. they are. And that's the nature of science, and that's what I do. And Dr. Old Man is like, kill it! Exactly. <laughs> He's like, discovery is wrong. I don't know how to be a scientist. Oh, hello, Gold Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> hey, come here and help me fight with this this other guy. We gotta we gotta convince him as scientists that doing science is yeah. wrong. Uh, uh, you were so uh, caught up in the possibility of whether or not that you could that you never stopped to think if you should. That's all, Jeff. Go away. <laughs> ha- have I have I have I have I have I have I ever explained to you the uh, the 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 chaos theory? Yeah, yeah. Tell you what. Go down to the room that you're gonna hear okay. growling on the other side of the door. Go explain it to him. <laughs> give me give, give give me your hand. I'm going to show you what happens when a drop of water. <laughs> 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 
But Dr. Oldman is like, fuck you. Discovery isn't good. We gotta kill the monster. And I would just like to say right now, in this scene, this little tiny scene, Victor is very right. Yeah. And Dr. Oldman is very mm-hmm. wrong. He is full of crap. Yeah. But guess what? We're supposed to agree with Dr. Yeah, Oldman. Yeah, because all Frankenstein is basically saying is, hey, he just came to life yesterday. Give him a chance. Give him some time. Mm-hmm. And Dr. Waldman is like, nope, we need to cut it up into little pieces right now. We need to cut it up into little pieces and feed it to dogs. You're stupid. I want to cut out part of your brain so you never do yeah. this again. Stupid. Oh, and here's another thing, genius. You know that brain you stole out of my school? He's like, uh-huh. Well, guess what? It was an abnormal yeah. brain. No, he doesn't he say abnormal. Criminal. He says, it was a criminal brain. And we all know brains come that way. <laughs> you either get a criminal brain or you get a good guy brain. Boy, I'm glad I got the normal brain, eh? Yeah, isn't it great when they say that criminal behavior is considered abnormal to the point in which it, the brain is physically different from the His regular brain? His brain is just wrong. His brain is broken. <laughs> <sighs> but then we now we meet the monster. Yep. He hasn't mastered walking forward through doors yet, so he kind of no, backs in. But I mean, he's walking around. Yeah. He, he understand that you when Doctor Frankenstein tells him to sit, he sits yeah. down. He shows him the outside, and boy, he likes that. He, he sure does like the sunshine. He really likes it, and when he closes the window, he does something that breaks your heart to a million goddamn pieces. Yeah, <laughs> it's like he's he's holding up Which his... Which is something that this, this monster does several times in the movie. Yeah, he holds up his empty hands like, where did it go? Where did yeah, it go? More, please. Yeah. What? What? What am I? Yeah. <laughs> Who are you? What are these things that I'm wearing? Who dressed him? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that would be not Igor. Um, but there is one thing that he does not like. Fire. Fire bad. Not Igor walks in and he's holding a torch and he hates it. <laughs> but Igor finds out something that he not Igor finds out something that he really likes to do and that's torment <laughs> torment the yeah. monster. Give the monster a lot of fuel for his future murders. <laughs> And so, in uh, <laughs> for a second time in less than five minutes, you feel really bad for the monster as Igor torments him with a fucking torch. Like, backing him into a corner on the ground as he screams and tries to shield himself from the from the flames. And Igor is having a great time, and he's got a whip, and he's whipping at him. Yeah, right? and through all of this, Frankenstein, who in that scene we just got done describing, was, like, totally mm-hmm. going to bat for the creature with Dr. Waldman. Mm-hmm. You know, saying, give him a chance, he's innocent, he's good, he needs a chance, he just needs to mature and you know I'm, I believe in him and then Fritz shows up with the whip and the torch and Frankenstein's just like oh yeah. come on Fritz knock it off Fritz come on <laughs> Fritz please come on like he doesn't he, mm-hmm. you would think he would want to push Fritz down the stairs I mean <laughs> and then he leaves Fritz alone with yeah. him and so they go off to another part of the watchtower and then we and just as I'm starting to think man not Igor really needs to die <laughs> guess what <laughs> wish granted the monster hears you they go downstairs, and we don't see not Igor's body, but we see the very artistic shadow of him hanging. Yeah. Can I ask you a question? Yeah, what? In order for that to happen, Frankenstein. He's tall. Oh, don't yeah. get me wrong. He's a tall guy. But he's also in a room with like beams that are way up in the air. He had to tie the whip around Igor's neck, pull out the bed and stand <laughs> on it, maybe the bed and the chair, and then hang him up. Yeah. <laughs> Why? For fun? He just wanted to see if he could do it. Maybe he thought that he was, t- I'm going to make little Bernie man fly. <laughs> he's he, <laughs> he's happy now. He's expressing himself. He's, he's you know, exploring his imagination. Yeah, when they bust into the room, he's not pointing to it going, what Pretty proud of this one. I make pretty thing. But that isn't what happens. He, the monster just wants... And they open the door. He tries to slam it shut. He's like a, like a sullen teenager trying to get him to get out of his room. Get out of my room. This is my room. You guys can't just barge it in here. 
And so they close the door, and Dr. Oldman's quick fix for everything is murder. <laughs> we have to kill it. Because that's all he ever says. We have to kill it. And they decide not to. No, it's they're going to incapacitate Yeah, they're going to give him a shot to knock him unconscious. Right. So Frankenstein's like, okay, when um, I open the door, he's going to come out. And while he's busy killing me... <laughs> You inject him full of opium. <laughs> Wait, new plan. <laughs> <laughs> but it works. Yeah. They inject him full of opium right before he's about to kill Frankenstein. Yeah. And he falls over. And um, that's when Baron Frankenstein and his girlfriend Yeah, well, well uh, Victor gets there first, and he's like, he gives him the warning. He's like, hey, your your dad and your girlfriend are coming up, so you better get rid of the, you know, the... the, the... Yeah, get rid of the monster and the dead body and everything. Okay. And then Baron Frankenstein shows up, and oh, can we just cut that no, scene you, out of the you movie? you don't like the, the, the comic relief? <laughs> Is that what he's supposed hey, to be? Uh, that's, that's the front door, I suppose. Well, let me just knock on it. It's starting to explain a lot about Henry yeah. if his father is such a jackass. He's like, oh, blah, 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 I hate this place. It's so dirty and unseemly. Who comes all the way yeah. up here? Probably homosexual you, more than You know, blah, Henry, blah, blah. I just want you to know that I don't approve of anything you do. You're a disappointment. <laughs> Just like your mother was, and I pushed her down the <laughs> stairs. Do you want to get pushed down the stairs, too? Your mother was a disappointment, and so you. I'll kill you and make a baby with your yeah, fiancé. Don't think I couldn't. <laughs> I forgot to mention that Burgermaster showed up because the whole town is ready for this wedding. Oh, Did I yeah, that? it's because you know nothing... Uh, poor villagers love nothing more than watching rich people get married. Watching the one percenters yep. get married. And the Burgermaster's like, but we did all this stuff! <laughs> And Baron, <laughs> Baron Burgermeister is like, blah, blah, who cares? Blah, 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 blah. Piss off. I kept them busy rather than steal and, and whore and whatever else. And then um, they open a door and uh, uh, Henry's in there. And then he gets up and then he, he faces for some out. reason. Well, it's just the stress. It's so much stress. Uh-huh. And so Dr. Oldman's like, oh, this is perfect. I'll sit him back down down to, to Baron Frankenstein's place. And I'll get to do something that I always wanted to do. And that is I get to murder something by dissecting it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, this is what he writes. He writes a little note. That they take Victor... No, they take Henry back down to the yeah. house, Baron's house. And uh, Dr. Oldman has Frankenstein on the table. And he writes down, oh, it's getting harder and harder to keep him unconscious. We have to keep injecting him with more and more opium. <laughs> and then he wrote, but um, then now I'm going to dissect <laughs> I'm just going to start cutting him up. That's what he wrote. Yeah, so he starts grabbing his cutting him up tools. He's not dead. No. <laughs> Which that, that is not a dissection. That's a, That's vivisection. a vivisection. You sick fuck! Eh, what the? God damn it! Tomato, tomato! Come on, let me Whatever. just cut him up. But what happens? What happens before he gets a chance to be a sick? Uh, Frankenstein wakes up and kills him. He kills oh, Doctor Oldman. Yeah, goodbye, Doctor Oldman. You sicko! <laughs> and, you non-scientific fuckface. And face. no one was sorry. <laughs> Oh no, but now they've left Frankens they left the monster unattended. And much like a four year old, he quickly escapes the watchtower. Yeah, but don't forget he uh he gets dressed first. <laughs> he was undressed <laughs> on the table, and then we see him stumbling down the stairs in his shirt and coat and he's he's like, Well, if I'm gonna go out, I'm gonna look presentable. Ah, but um, now we cut back to the Baron von Frankenstein house, and we're out on the patio, and apparently all it took was a little one-percenter pampering yeah. to cure Henry of all of his crazy science yeah, stuff. Hank and Liz are just chilling on the patio. 
<laughs> the wedding's yeah. back on. Liz is with the extra horny. She really wants to get married. She's like, quick. let's do it now so we can perform the marriage act. Yeah, and we're like, is the movie over? Are we done with the monster part? Because now it's all wedding, 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 wedding. We cut to the orange blossoms, mm. where he's like, we've worn orange blossoms for the last, I don't know, a whole bur- bunch bur- of times. <laughs> I remember you wore these on your wedding day, and your mother wore this on her wedding day. Right. I don't forget a day that I... I, I don't remember the <laughs> whole story. I just wear her. the goddamn flowers, okay? Barely remember her face. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and, uh, then he says another thing that makes me want to hate him even more, which is he allows the servants to have a little champagne in which he says the stuff is wasted on him and I want you to die so fucking bad, Baron von Frankenstein. I don't even think the Vaughn's in there. I think they all, yeah, they just call him Baron, Baron Frankenstein. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And then, oh, they look out the window and peasants from another fucking century have arrived for the wedding. It took us a while to get here, but (laughs) here we are. (laughs) But, I mean, they're dressed like peasants from, like, the 1600s. Yes, they sure are. Everyone else is wearing modern clothes. Well, and, of course, this would become one of the staples of the Universal Horror series, the the, the anachronistic uh-huh. time settings, you know, where it's like, it seems like half of it is in the modern age, and then all of a sudden it's like, wait, they're, they're carrying torches, and wait a minute. Yeah. And it's about at this time, 47 minutes into the film, as I mentioned earlier, that we finally give a kind of definitive answer as to where this movie is set. Because we see people in Lederhosen yeah. dancing. Okay. So probably not France. Doing that weird, I got bugs on me slap dancing that they do in Germany when you wear Lederhosen. And people dancing around, drinking, the whole town's having fun. Baron, Baron, fuckface says something along the lines of, oh, they'll all be fighting and arguing tomorrow. They all come together for a wedding, though, because they're simple, stupid people. Not like us wealthy one percenters <laughs> right i hope father can you tell me what i was doing up in the watchtower you were in a watchtower <laughs> <laughs> but now we get to cut to something else yeah Steve, we get we? to cut to uh one of the happy scenes in the movie where the monster is is sort of wait for it we gotta set oh it that's right. right we meet maria first right she right maria comes up she's strangling a kitten <laughs> and we meet her father ludwig who is like uh I'm not joking. If you look at the cat that she's <laughs> holding, that cat does not want to be James on James Whale is like, don't it let that making, cat move. That cat is making a face like, I don't want to be anywhere near this movie. But she's there with her father. Her father, who is like a character from a Hans Christian Andersen story. Yeah. And he's kind of like, I gotta leave. You stay here. Goodbye, okay? Maria. And she's like, bye-bye, Daddy. Bye-bye. Because <laughs> we do this with our children in, in the 1930s. We leave them all Bye. alone next to a lake <laughs> after never having taught your child how to swim, which is something that you think you do when you literally built the house five feet away from a lake. You think you teach your kid how to yeah, fucking swim. What could, what could go wrong? <laughs> So Mar- and she goes, yeah. Maria's yeah, no. she she sort of settles down by the side of the lake and she's playing with some flowers. Mm-hmm. And then Frankenstein comes lurching out of the woods and Maria sees him and she's like not scared at all. She's just like, oh hey, no. you want to be my friend? You want to play with me? And he's, he's like, sure. yeah. So these and she kneels down and he kneels down and she's throwing flowers in the water and they're floating and he fucking loves that. He thinks that's great. And again, he breaks yeah. your heart <laughs> because I don't know if we've mentioned this yet, but Karloff is the fucking oh, boss. He's amazing. <laughs> he is really good in this movie he's amazing yeah and so what happens is you know he's throwing they're throwing flowers onto the water and then frankenstein runs out of flowers Mm -hmm. so he's like well if the flowers float let's see what else will float and and he picked the flowers are pretty and they float and this little girl is pretty hmm can you guess what happens next 
<laughs> he throws, he throws her, her in the, in the water. water. Now, and fully expect that if you live five feet, literally they show the cottage, it is five feet away from the side of this lake. You would think that they'd teach this kid to at least dog paddle, right? You would think. Nope. <laughs> And a very well-framed shot where we actually never see the girl in the water because it's blocked by Frankenstein's right. form. We get the idea that bad things are <laughs> happening to Maria in the she water. She drowns in a hurry. Not anything, yeah. And this really upsets Frank, and he turns in a panic as if he's looking for someone to help him. Yeah, that's the kind of the impression I get when I watch that scene, too. He just mm-hmm. kind of charges away. Yeah, but thankfully, um, our, our old Frankenstein is bipolar, so he switches moods real quick. <laughs> And also, he can teleport. More on that yes. later. Um, then we cut back to the house. Everyone's getting ready for yep. the wedding. Um, Liz is afraid of something. Yeah. Something's coming. She like brings Henry into her room, and she's like, I'm afraid something's coming between us, and I think something's going to come between us. And he's, yeah. he's like, yeah, it's going to be my boner, because it's our wedding night. That's what's going to come between Boom. us. Yeah. How about them apples? He's like, no, something. I feel something. I'm, I'm clairvoyant. That's all it is. And he's like, no, shut up. <laughs> and then he goes. To, this is one of the funniest fucking things in the world. Comes up to the door and he hears, <laughs> and he discovers, oh no, the monster. The monster's in the the house. <laughs> How do you know this was my house? <laughs> <laughs> so then she. she Liz comes to the door and says, don't leave me here, don't leave me. And he shuts the door and locks locks her her in. in. I'm sure that'll be fine. With, by the way, the fucking monster. (laughs) Yeah, the monster comes in through the window in the bedroom Mm -hmm. where Elizabeth is locked in and sneaks up behind her. She, you know, there's a little bit of thing where he almost gets her and then she gets up and she walks. They do like a silent comedy routine. And he's like, I'll get you this time. And he's walking towards her. And um, she turns around. And then he goes, (laughs) Nope, it's like that. Like, how you doing? (laughs) She screams. We cut away to the outside of the room where we hear her screaming. Because they're searching the whole house. Yeah. Right? They get up. They they bang the the door open. And they find out that the monster got prima nocta. (laughs) Uh oh. He's growing up so fast. <laughs> Liz is laying on the bed, and she's disheveled. And you could easily think, uh-oh, uh, that monster did something quite untoward What did the monster do? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he didn't do no. anything. I think he, I guess she fainted, and he put her on yeah. the bed. But we don't know, because they don't show He was us like, that. you're not pinning this one on me. But before we can fully process what could have happened between the monster's dick and Liz before the wedding, we see what is maybe the grimmest fucking thing I have ever seen in an old movie ever. Holy shit! Yeah, Ludwig came home. Well, <laughs> we cut to Ludwig holding his dead daughter, walking through town with a distant look of someone who has suffered a horrible tragedy, and walking through this celebration for the wedding. And what makes that even worse is, at one point, he passes by an entire group full of children who look and realize what he's yeah. holding, and you see their expressions as they as they walk across. They move. They transition from left to right. Happy, happy. Holy shit! Oh, I'm gonna start to cry. And then the stage mothers. Rushing in, telling them that it's just a yeah. movie. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he's walking her all the way up to the burgermaster, yeah. the burgermaster's office, and now he's being followed by a huge yeah. crowd. And the burgermaster, and the burgermaster like, comes out, yeah. and he's like, "Hey, what? What happened? 
And Ludwig's like, oh, it's my daughter. Somebody drowned her. Somebody murdered her. And Herr Vogel... And he's like, hey, do you have any evidence for that whatsoever? <laughs> no. No, it's murder. Did you ever teach your daughter how to swim? You lived next to a lake her entire life. You're, the lake is literally 10 feet away from your front door. Did you ever teach her how no. to swim? No, but it's murder. Yeah, it sounds like what you murdered her. <laughs> no, it's murder, I tell you. What was you. she doing when you saw her last? Well, playing right next to the lake, you... but that's... <laughs> Look, I'm, it was a murder, okay? I I know if she fell in she could drown but that isn't what happened it was murder plain and simple and it was probably that like monster that neglect. i probably don't know about yet <laughs> <laughs> sounds negligent to me you should have taught her how to swim at the very least <laughs> shut up i don't need this now i'm, <laughs> I'm sad. a grieving father how dare you <laughs> i said it's murder so it's murder <laughs> So, um, the, I guess the wedding's postponed yeah. until the monster's dead. And um, so, it's really easy to whip up a mob. Oh, yeah. Apparently, in this town. <laughs> like, really Thank God easy. it's not like that anymore. Henry goes up to Victor, and he says, you're not coming with me. And if anything happens to me, Liz is yours. <laughs> yeah, <Goodbye>. pretty much. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And Victor does not wait. He turns right around and goes up there and goes, well, Victor's dead. So, I mean, Henry's dead. So, uh, hey, how about it? Here's the preacher. Yeah. We're going to both say I do, and then I'm getting in it. Let's go. Kaching. I don't mind getting sloppy seconds after the Victor monster. Listen, what happened? Victor doesn't wait for the grass to grow under his feet. He takes advantage of his opportunities. Because she's basically out of the movie at yeah. this point. Okay. How do we know that she didn't wake up and go, he was wonderful. He's so gentle. He picked me up and put me on the bed. He, he read some Chaucer to me. Oh, he has such a deep, deep mind. It would be a shame if anything should happen to such a gentle soul. He's misunderstood. They come back with his burnt head. And yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> that isn't no. what happens, though, because we never see no, her she's, again. No, she's basically done. So the, uh, the, the angry mob gathers outside the Burgermaster's place, and he divides them into three search parties, one to be led by Ludwig, one to be led by himself, and one to be led by Henry Frankenstein, and they're all going to search different yeah. parts of the countryside. Uh, and I have a question, Burgermaster. Yes, yes, you, my good fellow. Where did this monster come uh, from? <laughs> Frankenstein leans in and takes the microphone. Uh, we're not going to answer any of these questions at this moment. Uh, top, what were you doing up at the watchtower? to find the monster. Let's focus on that. We can answer all these questions uh, after the monster has been captured, please. Thank you very much. I have a question. No more questions. There's my papa's body. Just please just do, take your torch and let's go. Follow me to the mountains. <laughs> <laughs> with these hands I with these hands I created him you did what? I mean <laughs> uh, look let's just get it okay? well, you said we created why would someone want to create a murder man? <laughs> alright look you fools you have no understanding of the you just just like can we go? can we just go? <laughs> look he's not getting any deader the longer we stand around here in this square he's right bloodlust and <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to note the burgermaster says get him alive if possible which they completely forget immediately yeah they <laughs> Most of them are like, this has been the greatest yeah. day ever. We got to get drunk, we danced around and slapped ourselves, and now we get to go out and kill somebody. <laughs> this is great. I hope this becomes a town tradition every wedding. Who do you think will hunt down and murder next year? <laughs> Considering the time oh, frame, I don't oh, want to say anything. <laughs> they're probably picking people out in their head already. <laughs> I know who. 
<sighs> so they go up into the mountains. The doctor sees the monster, yeah. and the monster sees the doctor, and then they wrestle, and the monster yeah. wins. <laughs> Not after Henry screams, help, help, help! <laughs> that sounds like Frankenstein. <laughs> I wonder what he needs help with. Oh, you don't think... Probably making another monster out of dead bodies. <laughs> We're not going to help you. <laughs> We're not doing that again. <laughs> um, but the monster picks him up, walks him up to the windmill. Yep. Um, just for fun, I'm throwing this trivia in. James Whale was a little jealous about how much attention the monster was getting. And apparently, he made him reshoot that scene like 30 times, where Karloff had to carry, um, what's his name, yeah. the actor, up to that windmill over and over again. To the point which other actors are saying, this is mean. Give him a dummy to carry up there, because he's wearing all of this makeup and all of this stuff and all of this costume. Don't be don't be a jackass. And James Whale is like, no, he'll do it again. <laughs> <laughs> I want to get it just right. Mm-hmm. And, I'm, and a I'm a dick. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a bit of a spiteful side. <sighs> so uh, he gets up uh, to the windmill, yeah. right? The top of this mountain. Yeah. Hey, Steve, why is there a windmill on the top Don't of the mountain? Don't know. What, what, are they pump, pumping water, I, maybe? No, it doesn't no. look like it. On top of a mountain? Maybe there's like <laughs> there's a guy who wants to crush wheat and he doesn't want, he doesn't want to deal with anybody <laughs> else. He's like, fuck all y'all. <laughs> I just want to crush my weed and be left alone. I want to alone. work in my mill and not be bothered. <laughs> I'm so proud of this mill. If anything should happen to it, I'll be heartbroken. I'll be crushed. <laughs> my fellow villagers know how so, proud I am of my mill. I'm sure they would never let anything happen to it. Yeah. So they, Frankenstein goes to the mill. He puts the... I'm sorry. The monster goes to the mill. Puts Frankenstein down. Uh, the villagers surround it. He goes up... To, oh, Frank. Uh, Frankenstein wakes back up. They play cat and mouse a couple times. In, in the windmill part. Then he uh, climbs up to the top of the windmill and Frankenstein is going to climb over the railing, but then the monster grabs him and then um, there's there's a tussle and then the monster picks up a dummy <laughs> and, and hurls a dummy at, at the villagers that lands on the windmill <laughs> thing, one of the windmill blades, and then falls to the ground. And I'm like, so he's, he's dead he's now, right? so <laughs> super dead. There's no way he survived that. His back is at least broken. And we don't get an answer, Not do definitively, we? not in this film, no. Yeah, they just, they're like, pick him up, take him back down to Baron Von yeah. Asshole, and we're we're gonna, hey, well, what should we do? What should we do? And some... We got a monster trapped inside of a windmill. Well, a couple of us could just go we up and get torches. him. Yeah, I suppose. It's not like he's going anywhere. Maybe one of us can shoot him. Nah, let's, uh, let's burn the windmill yeah. down. <laughs> and then the guy who owns the windmill is like, let's, wait, let's wait for him to come down and hear his side of the story. You bastards! <laughs> <laughs> I built that windmill all by myself. It took me Five years. <laughs> my wife died building that windmill. Don't, don't burn my mill. Don't. All of my possessions are in there. <laughs> All my shit is in there. My daughter's baby clothes. Don't, don't worry, little Adolf is so disturbed. I'm making a brand new party that you can join. <laughs> Your windmill will never be burnt again. <laughs> They burn the windmill down, and then we get subjected to the most awful death yeah. scene ever. Yeah. Because... The monster who doesn't the like fire. Is, is now surrounded by it, and he's trapped in a world he doesn't understand, especially this part. He's like, I don't understand. I helped a little girl. I helped a woman. I choked a doctor. A bad doctor? 
A bag doctor who was going to cut me up, and now I'm trapped in this windmill surrounded by this awful thing that I hate. And he screams and screams, and then he goes into the windmill, and a beam falls on top of him, and he's still screaming. And then the whole windmill goes up in flames while the villagers stand around it going, oh, it's going to be really hard not turning this into a traditional house. (laughs) (laughs) We really like this. It's like the first burning man. Literally. (laughs) It's like the wicker man. (laughs) Christopher Lee standing there like, yes, yes. (laughs) <sighs> okay, let's go to a dramatic tone change, shall we? <laughs> Time for the epilogue. Where nine maids, nine maids need to deliver a bottle of wine. They're so nosy. And they come up to the door, and they have a glass of wine, and Baron Fuckface should have been dead at the end of this movie comes out, and he's like, oh, well, he doesn't need wine right now, referring to Henry, who I guess is alive. Yeah. God damn it. And he's like, um, here's to the young, he's like indicating that they're going to have a baby. Yeah, right. He says, "Here's to a son." Here's, yeah, son of Frankenstein, and he drinks it. And Henry's like, "I had a son. I made him myself." Yeah, and now he's dead because of all of you. Hey, he tried to kill everyone and everything, including me. I couldn't be more proud. <laughs> How I loved him. <laughs> my bouncing baby my boy. beautiful boy. I'll he turned out just like I wanted him to. I'm killing everyone in the village and sewing all the parts together and making a giant monster man that will destroy all of Germany. <laughs> the sequel should have been Violent Retribution of Frankenstein. <laughs> should have been him just taking revenge on everybody who destroyed his creation. Well, we don't get that. We get this fack 1% fuckhead drinking the wine that was for his yep. son. The end. <laughs> what? Yeah, that's the end. <laughs> Wait a minute, the Baron is still alive, Henry is still alive, and the only character work of work the fuck is yep. dead. That's, That's the, the end? end. <laughs> Have a safe drive Paris. home, folks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Steve. How did you feel about this horror classic, Frankenstein? <laughs> well, I love Frankenstein. I I think it's one of the great horror films ever made. I mean, I think it was surpassed, you know, by a couple of the films that followed it. And there were other universal horror movies that I think are either equal or superior in accomplishment to this. But I mean, just what you what we were joking about at the beginning, like calling it Frankentrope. I mean, this movie, even more so than Dracula, <laughs> I think... <laughs> set the 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 template for the universal horror franchise that ran you know for almost another 20 years i mean the uh the 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 sort of anachronistic time setting where it's like what what era is this even like they're 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 driving in cars and using the phone and using flashlights but they're also like living in feudal villages and (laughs) carrying torches and you know that that was established in this film and i mean karloff as the as the monster one of the all-time great horror movie performances uh what's mm-hmm. not to like it was not only is it a, is is it a really really great film uh, oh i have things not to well like. I, it's it's not perfect <laughs> but i mean it's a great film and it was an incredibly influential film and you know you get oh, yeah. you, you, you get your moments of of pathos with the monster with him and maria at the lake and the, the moments of heartbreak that karloff gives you you get that really dark almost unbelievably dark scene of Ludwig carrying his daughter through the village where it's like where it's like oh they were doing goofy 1930s acting up until this point and now and now and we're now not. it's like oh 
my god this is you know um and then, but you also get like colin clive overacting you know and i mean there's just there's really fun stuff in it and there's you know really influential important cinema history stuff in it and there's really serious sort of striking moments in it and it's just it's a really terrific film so uh i i think very highly of it okay here we go um you're right frankenstein is full of tropes mad scientist tropes you know white coat like we covered before white coat laboratory uh weirdo assistant <laughs> we got angry mobs with torches and pitchforks one of the reasons why i think frankenstein, frankenstein resonates more is because a lot of those tropes are you can cross them over to apply to you know they've become terms for other things when someone does something upsetting we joke about you know an, a mob with pitchforks and and torches that's become like a joke they, they use it in like the simpsons and lots of other things whenever they're going after whenever a mob goes after someone they seem to have pitchforks and torches every time and that comes from this movie um mad scientists are, are based basically on dr frankenstein um and so there's a lot here that our own culture draws from much more than dracula yeah which seems kind of inaccessible. And I think that has a lot to do with the monster. We we can identify with the monster. He has no dialogue, none whatsoever. It's all carried over in his physical performance as the monster. And Karloff is fantastic when it comes to showing the the humanity of the monster. Not so good when it comes to the scariness of the monster. <laughs> Because I'll say this, for a horror movie, it's not terribly scary. <laughs> um, he's not terribly scary. I mean, he chokes a lot of people, I guess it's scary. 1931, who wants to get choked by a man that's made out of stone to get-together corpses. Um, there are a number of performances that I just, I, or characters, that I just don't understand why they're in the goddamn movie. <laughs> If if Baron Frankenstein's supposed to be comic relief, it's not working. I just find him I just find him to be this asshole dropped into what is more or less a fairly decent melodrama. Yeah. <laughs> And then here comes this bumbling fuckwit who doesn't understand what's going on, who, who has a very low opinion of anyone that's not Winston rich. Churchill got drunk and wandered onto the set. He <laughs> just left it in. Um, but uh, set design, overall theme, the pace of the film, it's all good. It's all good. So, I mean, and this movie came out the same year as Dracula, yeah. didn't it? Oh, yeah. And this movie seems light years ahead of it. Like, light years <laughs> ahead of it. Like, the same studio both made horror movies, and yet this one is more polished and has a more interesting camera work. There's a, There are great scenes in the windmill where um, they're playing cat and mouse with each other between Frankenstein, where they're looking at each other through the yeah. slats of the moving wind, uh, windmill stuff. They, they use the camera. The, the, James Whale seemed to understand that this is a visual medium, and you're going to tell your, your story visually, and you're going to cut it quickly. That there's not going to be these long goddamn scenes of some jackass just moving slowly. <laughs> Frankenstein did not move. Well, no, I take that back. He does move quickly. When he's in the panic after uh, after uh, he throws Maria in the water, he's he's booking. Yeah, he's he's trying to get out. Of there. Um, but I mean, I don't care about Liz. I really <laughs> don't care about Victor. <laughs> the only really character, the character that I really like is is Henry. But I never feel like we ever get to yeah. know him. We never really get to feel like you get to know any of these characters. The movie is only. 70 minutes long. It's shorter than Dracula yeah. is. So I never get to really, we never get past a certain point with these characters other than them being, I don't want to say, well, they're kind of like caricatures. We get just enough to tell the story, but we don't get any deeper than that. And I don't expect, you know, I know it's 1931, and I know this is very early in the genre, and I don't expect the movie to give me that. But as 
a modern viewer watching it, you kind of can be a little dissatisfied when they don't delve mm. deeper into the more interesting bits that are covered in this thing. They kind of cover science with that discussion between Dr. Oldman and, and, and Dr. Frankenstein, but they never get too far into it. It's the same problem that I had with Jurassic Park, where they kind of cover the more interesting bits about the morality about what's going on, without actually talking about the morality of what's <laughs> right. going on. Dr. Oldman could have brought up some very valid points about how he should not be doing this. <laughs> but instead, he came out but against didn't. scientific discovery. Yeah, he came out against scientific <laughs> discovery. So, um, yeah, I mean, I uh, I like the film very much. So, I very much like film. But there are other horror movies that came out around the same time that I still like more. Do I hate this movie like I hate Dracula? Absolutely, goddamn not. And that's because of one main thing, and that's mm. Boris Karloff and the Doctor. <laughs> <laughs> I think those two performances, for the most part, are the two main reasons why you wanted, why you'd want to see the movie. Everyone else is just kind of boring garbage. Even even Fritz, the not Igor. You go for Colin Clive, and you go for yeah. Boris Karloff, and everyone else is just junk actors doing a fine job. Don't get me wrong, they're doing a fine job, but I don't find the I don't find the script terribly clever. It's very serviceman like, mm-hmm. um, and I don't find it terribly deep. I think a lot of people look at it and they they find deeper meanings in Frankenstein, but once again, I think that's them putting into something that wasn't there. The humanity of Frankenstein was a very clear choice between the actor and the director. But that's what they wanted. That didn't happen by accident. It wasn't like James Whale was asleep and and Karloff snuck in this performance of humanizing the uh, the creature. That was, those were very clear choices. But um, would I, you know, do I like it? Yeah. Do I watch it to get scared? Nope. Not at <laughs> well, all. You know, I, I, I appreciate its place in history a lot. And is it something that I'll watch if it comes on TV? Definitely. Well, I was going to say, I actually, I have a thought or two about the scariness of it because, I mean, obviously Mm -hmm. to modern audiences, it's not scary at all. And it seems almost quaint, you know, and, and, you you know, you hear stories Mm -hmm. about like, well, when this movie first came out, there were people in the theater that were terrified. And I mean, that's, it seems hard to believe when you watch it now, but I don't know. I think there's probably something to that. I think if you think about the sort of, uh, the, the morbidity of the movie and the sort of things that are in this movie movie that maybe mainstream audiences of the early 30s in the United States had not necessarily been exposed to. Because as you said, this movie ended up being a huge hit. Everybody saw this movie. And uh, Mm -hmm. and this is a movie where, okay, nowadays we don't think twice about this kind of stuff, but, you know, you see a guy digging a grave. You see, you you hear the sound of of dirt falling on the top of a coffin. You see, you see people, you see like people digging up graves. You see a, a corpse hanging from a gallows and then gets cut down. Yeah. The whole, the, the subject matter of, he he, he sews a, a, a body together out of limbs and organs from dead bodies. And then when, when you finally yeah. see Karloff, I mean, obviously we're used to the that look of Frankenstein now. When you look at him now, you just think, oh, that's Frankenstein. But if you deconstruct it a yeah. little and you try to remove that familiarity, this is, it's a walking corpse. It's a it's a creature made yeah. of sewed together dead people. And and mm-hmm. when and Karl, with Karloff's facial experience, Expressions and with his body language and the way he sort of lurches and walks very stiffly as the monster, especially in that first scene, you know, there's something that if you can divorce yourself from the familiarity you have with it, that is really.
really creepy. And and I think yeah. I, I can easily imagine how viewers in the 1930s who had not yet been exposed to oh, this don't get would me think wrong. it would I'm be terrifying. I'm not saying that the, the viewers in the 30s, I don't think the viewers in the 30s were dumb for being scared of this. There was nothing else no, like it they were it dumb for starting World War II. Yeah, they, they were dumb yeah. for lots of reasons. Um, but not dumb for, for thinking this was scary. It was scary. Now, I'll pose this to you. This movie was considered horrifying and gruesome because of the mm. subject matter, and I, I agree. Which is more horrifying and gruesome, Frankenstein or All Quiet on the Rest ah, Western Front? Ah, now you're talking. Because here's the, here's the dilemma. All Quiet on the Western Front, in my opinion, is still horrifying and gruesome, and is still horrifying and gruesome to a modern viewer watching it now. Yeah, absolutely. Right? That movie came out a year before this one did. Yeah, 1930. Right? So to say that maybe, I mean, maybe they weren't ready for the more supernatural aspects of it, of a living corpse and all the ghoulish and grossness, I think that has a lot, that has a, a real stink to the Christian organizations that were around in the country at the time. They were like, oh, it's against God, and we don't dare do anything like that. And of course, they flew out to go see this movie <laughs> when they heard stuff like that in it. But um, <clears throat> I think the audiences were, you know, I think audiences were kind of prepared for this kind of thing. Otherwise, it wouldn't have made so much man- so much goddamn money. You know, they were pushing, they were, in this period, they were pushing everything before pre-code. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why code came around. Because it was only <laughs> a matter of time before full frontal sex nudity all over the place. Because that's how, that's how hard they were pushing boundaries. It was going to become graphic violence, graphic nudity, graphic language if someone didn't step in. Am I saying that's right? No, I'm not. But movies like Frankenstein that had a child murder in it (laughs) made a whole group of people go, I don't like where this is (laughs) going. (laughs) How long until they make it again in which he just rips her head off and plays soccer with it? Now, that being said, simply because I didn't find it scary doesn't mean that other people won't find it scary. I remember seeing this when I was a younger kid and thinking that it was scary and not boring. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, I, I think the scary uh, aspects of it really depends on the viewer, the person that's watching it. Um, but it's not graphic. It's not any of the things that we come to expect from horror no. now, unfortunately, where we expect, you know, jump scares and <laughs> bullshit. But <clears throat> and I'm not saying it's a bad movie. I'm saying that just like any movie, it has flaws. And some of those flaws take me right out of the film and make me, you know, view it as a film rather than getting lost right. in it. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah. So, we uh, have an announcement. Yeah, we do. Soon. A very special announcement. That's right. Steve and <sighs> I are getting married. Finally. No. <laughs> no. Um, I came to the realization that we were doing the end recommendation, not recommend or not recommend a movie. We were doing that wrong. Because the whole premise of this show is to determine whether or not it's a classic film. Not whether or not we'd recommend it to audiences. Right. Right, Steve? Or whether or not a film deserved the reputation that it has as to being good or bad. Which is what I say at the beginning of almost every one of these shows. And we weren't no. doing that. We were just basically saying, we recommend this movie, go see it. And we can still do that. But first we have to come down to the determination. Yes, yeah. Frankenstein, in your opinion, does it deserve the term classic applied to it? Oh, I think definitely. Or or as Frankenstein would say, <laughs> I do too. All movies have flaws, guys. But just because this movie has some uh, little tiny flaws, some of it hasn't aged per, uh, you know, absolutely perfectly, nothing does. nothing ages perfectly but this is a classic for any number of reasons for cinematography for makeup for um, the overall design of the film this movie is a classic for how much it inspired other genres the use of lighting in this is very good the use of sound is also very good this is a this is a classic film and deserves that label unlike its bastard cousin (laughs) (laughs) which uh, unfortunately everyone will still consider a classic but if Steve and I had anything to do about it oh boy oh it get it 
what Frankenstein is. And we both agree, oh, right, yes. Steve? We can stamp it a classic. And we both recommend Absolutely. it, right? It's a must-see. Okay, now you must see it. See, now we're giving go you orders. <laughs> you'll do as you're told and you'll go watch Frankenstein. <laughs> Okay, and now's the time where we recommend another movie that's related to the uh, movie we just yes. reviewed. Steve, what movie would you like to recommend this spooky Halloween season? <laughs> well, um, I am going to recommend a film from the other classic horror movie franchise. We, we talked about a classic from the Universal Horror franchise. I'm, Bambi. Yes, that, that horror classic Bambi. Um, no, I'm going to recommend a, a, a movie, actually the fir- usually thought of as the first movie, from uh, what is now thought of as the Hammer Horror franchise. It was produced by Hammer Horror, Hammer Studios in the 1950s and 60s. Uh, this mm. is the first uh, Hammer Studios version of a classic monster movie story, and it is The Curse of Frankenstein. Oh, oh. so good. With stars, starring one of my favorite actors ever, Peter Cushing, as Baron Victor mm-hmm. Frankenstein, and of course, Christopher Lee as the creature. It was written mm-hmm. by Jimmy Sangster, who was the screenwriter for several of the classic Hammer horror films, and it was directed by the great Terrence Fisher, who was the James Whale of the Hammer horror film series. Um, very, very different from the film we just reviewed. Very different. Oh, yeah. This is, I would argue that this is what people were afraid that movies were going to become. Oh, yes. That's what that's what turned that. That's why the code was created. And that didn't work. No. Very well did it. It only lasted yeah. a few years. Yeah, this, of course, I mean, the, the big difference is this movie was made in 1957. It's done in brilliant Technicolor. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, there's a lot blood. of blood. <laughs> and uh, f- the character of Frankenstein, the, the, the doctor, Peter Cushing, is a much more sinister character than Colin Clive in, uh, in, this, mm-hmm. in the film we just reviewed so i would highly recommend if you if you have not seen the curse of frankenstein one of the great horror movies ever and and the the film that really kicked off the hammer horror revival of the 1950s that centered around christopher lee and peter cushing uh absolutely fantastic movie curse of frankenstein yeah i recommend that too fucking oh, love hammer too. films and by the way hammer films highly influential very now. much so hammer kicked off blood and gory <laughs> yeah and everything. they pretty much did everything Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to recommend a film uh, from 1931, as I always do, a film from the same year. And um, this is also a horror movie, And um, but this one's from MGM, not Universal. Screw you, Universal. You couldn't get your hands on this one. Ha-ha! And that movie is Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Now, I know what you guys are thinking. Jesus Christ, Jason, there's like 900 Dr. Jekylls and Mr. Hyde <laughs> out there. And I'm like, yeah, I know, I know, but this one's a good one. This is the good one. <laughs> yeah. This is 1931. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, uh, directed by Ruben Mamolian, um, with a screenplay by Samuel Hoffman and uh, Percy Heath. And, of course, it's based on you know the strange case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde by Robert Louis Stevenson. Um, and the big thing about this one, I would say the big standout thing about this film, other than the fact that it was has a lot of sexual content, another thing that, <laughs> that created the code in the first place... Um, <laughs> Was, is Frederick March, who plays uh, both Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, and he does a fantastic job at both. And the other thing is the makeup by Wally Westmore, which, if you haven't seen it, you can go and look up Transformation Scene. Go look up Transformation Scene on YouTube. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, Transformation, 1931. Look it up. It'll blow your fucking mind out of the back of your head. 
because I'm going to tell you right now, there is no, you know, there is no cross-cutting, there is no nothing. That is in-camera practical effects work. You will not believe me when I tell you that. I'll tell you that it's done with lighting, and that's it. (laughs) Uh, but it is still very impressive. And um, the funny thing about this film is that 10 years later, well, well, number one, what happened is they tried to re-release it in 1936 after the code went up, and they had to cut like eight <laughs> minutes out of the film or, or something like that. Something like eight to 20 minutes with a lot of sexualized stuff, woman laying in bed without a shirt on, you know, really good stuff. Stuff you want to go to the movies for all got cut out. And a lot of that stuff was considered lost for a really long time. They thought it was never going to get restored, thankfully. <laughs> thankfully, it wasn't lost and it got restored. But like 10 years later, Metro Golden Maid, Mayor remade the movie with Spencer Tracy in the lead. This is not nah, good. not good. <laughs> And the studio had bought the rights to uh, to uh, the version that Mamoulian had directed. And what they did was they recalled every print of the film they could locate. They recalled every print of the Frederick March version of this movie. And a lot of people thought the movie was lost forever because no one knew where a print of it was. And they weren't going to re-release it. Now, the Spencer Tracy one was not good and did not do that well. And thankfully, someone said, hey, look what I found. <laughs> it's, it's this good version of this movie. So if you can find it, watch it. It's really good. And once again, it's... It's not one of those movies where you're like terrified at every moment, but it was another one of those movies that was really pushing that edge of what people were willing to accept. It was another one of those movies where people went, uh, where a whole lot of people got really uncomfortable with where movies were going. <laughs> and they were kind of like, if we don't nip this in the bud, pretty soon our little children are going to see boobs on a movie screen and we can't have that happen. <laughs> So, yeah. And you're, guys, you know, I know we've brought up pre-code before, but pre-code and after-code, it's kind of an important thing that happened oh, yeah. to movies because it neutered them. It neutered movies severely. Before pre-code, you could have sex. You could allude to sex. You could talk about it openly. You could have women who have sex with more than one person in a movie. <laughs> well, and you know, it, it also, it really, really handcuffed how they could portray crime, you know, because, I mean, crime mm-hmm. films in the 30s and 40s were a hugely popular genre, and after the Hayes Code, it was it was virtually impossible to depict crime in a story in anything other than a really heavy-handed moralistic tone. Criminals yeah. always had to pay for their crime. They always had yeah. to die at the end. They wouldn't, let's say you wanted to make Goodfellas in 1935, you <laughs> nope. wouldn't be able to do it because Henry Hill would have to die at the mm-hmm. end of that movie. Even though he was kind of a neutral player in the film, but a lot of the movies that you've seen where either the bad guy gets away with it or the bad guy, or it takes a very neutral position on the events that are occurring in the film, basically all of Martin Scorsese's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> None of them would have gotten made after the code was put in place, and a lot of the films that we have been refer- we've been reviewing from this time period, coincidentally, mm-hmm. are all pre-code, and the reason is because they're really good and they're pushing boundaries. Frankenstein is one, you know, Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde is one, All Quiet on the Western yep. Front is one, oh, M boy. was one, Jesus M is a great Christ. movie, yeah, and very, <laughs> which also came out this <laughs> year, very pre-code. Uh, exactly. Um, and eventually we'll get to, well, I mean, uh, we've done some uh, post-code. Yeah. We've done two of them. We did Wizard of Oz, which I don't, I think would have been fine pre-code or, yeah. or post-code. I don't think anything would have changed. And we did the other piece. <laughs> we did that piece of shit. <laughs> you know, Don't Gone call my wind. film a piece of shit, Scarlett. <laughs> stinkiest yeah. piece of cinematic garbage yeah, ever so, created. I mean, it's not as if the Hayes... I mean, the Hayes, the Hayes Code <laughs> definitely changed things, but there were brilliant films made after the Hayes Code. I mean, the the great, mm-hmm. the greatest, arguably the greatest year in the history of American cinema was 1939, which was very much post-Hayes Code, but, you know, things were a little bit more fun. But they were trying... They were, they were finding yeah, wiggle and things room. were a little bit more fun before the they Hayes were, Code. Yeah, they were trying to... They, they were figuring out ways to get yeah. around the Hayes Code by saying, hey, a lot of yeah. winking. A lot of winking at the camera. Yeah. You need to be kissed... 
You know what I'm saying? <laughs> kissed. Kissed really hard. Yeah, like kiss with my penis <laughs> in your vagina hole. Too far. Clark. Boop. Take it again. Clark, don't you can't say that, buddy. <laughs> Uh, speaking of the Hays Code, the next film we're going to review for Halloween is a movie that if they showed in 1931, Ooh. people probably would have killed yeah. themselves. Yeah, they wouldn't have liked it. <laughs> oh, I think there's well, a select group that would have loved it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but other people probably would have never gone back into a movie theater ever again. And you know, we're not reviewing another old-timey no. movie. When we do these Halloween shows, we try to do one old movie and one relatively new classic. And this one is considered a oh, classic. Very much, and it, it launched a couple of careers. Which and, is yeah. weird. <laughs> it was a very influential film. Very influential. The movie we're going to review next is the horror classic, The Nightmare on Elm Street. The original. Or is it just Nightmare? I think it's just just Nightmare Nightmare on Elm Street. Street. Yeah, the the original, not the the remake from some years back. Not not the remake, not Dream Warriors, not Freddy's (laughs) Dead, not any of the other sequels. Not the ones that start looking like a really violent Bugs Bunny cartoon. (laughs) Not the new one where Rorschach plays Freddy. No. The original. The original. Wes Craven, who will talk about the psychological stuff at length, which I think he's just making up on the fly now to legitimize this horror film. Just say you made a fun, goofy slasher flick, Wes. Yeah, about a dude who kills people yeah. in their dreams. There's What's wrong deep with about that? that? Nothing has to be art. <laughs> so, if you guys want to get all the jokes for the next re- spooky Ooh. review, then go watch Nightmare on Elm Street. It's got Johnny Depp. <laughs> and fuck all anybody else. <laughs> John Saxon. Come on, some respect for John Saxon, Oh, please. okay, John Saxon. Uh, name one other movie, good movie. Well, I, I can name a bunch of bad movies he's been in. <laughs> yeah, see? <laughs> I said good. It kind of tied your hands, oh, didn't it? If I name ten bad ones, can't we count that as one good one? I guess Brian Endlin. Everyone knows who Brian Endlin is. He plays Freddy. Has he played anybody uh, else? No. Okay, he's only he was been in playing Night- Freddy. He was, in, he oh was on God. Nightmare Cafe for one season. <laughs> He was in that V show. Was he? Oh, yeah, it was. He you know what else, Rob- yeah. Willie? You know what else? Robert England was in one of my favorite MacGyver episodes. Oh God, you and MacGyver. It's really. I'm glad they never made MacGyver oh, I the wish movie. They had. Or we'd wind up having. <laughs> I wish they had. I, that would be my favorite show if we could do MacGyver the movie. <laughs> I, I would love to do Rambo oh, v MacGyver. Boy, who do you go with there? Does Poor Rambo MacGyver. shoot him before he can make something out of you know sticks and his penknife? Because <laughs> he doesn't kill, right? right? And he, he doesn't, doesn't carry a he, gun. He hates guns. Well, that's a short <laughs> I, I think Rambo, maybe. <laughs> MacGyver versus ah. Predator. <laughs> Another well, really I mean, short look, movie. But come on, if Schwarzenegger could outsmart him, don't you think MacGyver uh, could come up with something? <laughs> maybe, you know, I can't view him the same way you do because you think MacGyver well, can do anything. What do you mean, he can't? <laughs> well, what? <laughs> MacGyver can't do anything. Okay, that's it. Did you guys agree with us? Do you like Frankenstein? Or do you hate Frankenstein? Who can hate Frankenstein? He's such yeah, a sweet guy. He's exactly. misunderstood. He can't help it if his solution is choking That's all he knows. People. That's all he knows. You know who's a bigger monster? Dr. Old Man. His solution to everything yeah. is murder. And he's smart enough to know better. But if you guys agreed with us or disagreed with us, please go to the Let Me Listen uh, contact page and send us a line and let us know or go to the comment section on SoundCloud and let us know there. Because we listen. We, well, right? yes, we do, sure. <laughs> I listen. <laughs> I listen to the comments that Jason tells me about. That's right. So that's it. The end of one super spooky movie. It's not really that spooky if you're above the age of ten. <laughs> 
Frankenstein. Until next time, this is Jason, definitely, probably not the werewolf Harding. And go see a movie this week, I command you. <laughs> and this is Steve Shives, and remember, the brain you stole, Fritz. Think of it, the brain of a dead man, waiting to live again in a body I made with my own hands. My own hands. That's all I got. I was expecting more, Master. You wax poetic usually for hours. Yeah. You just stare in the mirror and you practice it. I see oh, you do it. I was just... I couldn't find a poetic way of telling you I was going... I, I was going to strap him to a table and hit him with lightning. All you really did was outline what you have done already. I was there. Well, I watched you do it. I know about the brain and the stitching in your own hands and all that other stuff. Did you think that I forgot and you had some Japanese workers come in and make a body for you while you are out? That, no, I know. We've both been working on it. Yes. Hey, by the way... How about next time you go into one of your modern soliloquies, you maybe include a little bit of Fritz in there. How about a little Fritz love? How about the body we both made? How about that? Our own hands. You ever think about that? I'm Frankenstein and Fritz tested very poorly with focus groups. Oh, I don't give a fuck about focus groups. I just want a little bit of credit. I want a little taste of the academic acumen. When we go up and get the Nobel Prize, yes, I want you my can, name up there. You can have Fritz. your name up there, Fritz, and I'll tell them all how you got the wrong brain. And you know I have a last name. Schleimendorfer. I'm not going to call you that. Frankenstein and Schleimendorfer. That's... I want my name on the paper that you write. I'm not going to write a paper, Fritz. Why are we doing this, then? Because I want to know what it feels like to be God. That's how you have babies. That's what you do. You take that thing that you have down there, and you have a child. If you see me, I'm pretty ugly and deformed. I'm never going to be able to experience that. This I is the closest thing I'm having I to a baby. I don't want babies. Fritz, babies are gross. Grosser than having being being elbow deep in guts, to sewing together this That's monster what I'm man. Saying. Well, then I'm, I'm submitting my point. I'm submitting a paper I'll by be myself. Damned Go if I change yourself. a diaper. I hope you get burned alive by the giant electrical coil you're standing next to. You don't even know how any of it works. I'm the only one that knows how anything works in here. <laughs> Goodbye, Fritz. I'm the one who should be wearing the white Your... coat. <laughs> they don't have them in your size, Fritz. Oh, thanks. Thanks for bringing that up. You... I have I'll a I'll tell hump. everyone you don't really need that cane. Oh, I'll... okay. We'll just keep it between ourselves. <laughs> I don't want to lose I'm my parking space. I'm glad it's we pretty have sweet. an understanding. Mm. <laughs> Bye, Bye, everybody. everybody. <laughs> Late Seating is a Lemmy Listen podcast production featuring Steve Shives and Jason Harding. Music by Kevin McLeod. Produced by Jason Harding. You can find more Lemmy Listen podcasts at our website at www.lemmylistenpodcasts.com. You can also find us on Facebook, SoundCloud, and iTunes under Lemmy Listen. Please like and leave a review. And thanks for listening. This show is a listener-supported podcast. If you would like to contribute as little as $1 a month to help fund this podcast, please visit our website at www.lemmylistenpodcast.com and click on the Patreon logo. If you can't, or just don't want to, no biggie.